Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. Hello and welcome to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. And it's a show with a difference because I'll be in Russia, St. Petersburg, and Johnny Norman will be back in the UK, where we were going to be looking ahead with confidence about the Australia ODI series, and then this happened. Oh, must be out. It is out. Scotland have done it. Great scenes. What a victory this is for Scotland. The greatest in their cricketing history. The world's number one side beaten for the first time by Scotland. Is this the moment cricket needed to get its house in order and start growing the game? I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, we will have a full fallout from the remarkable match in Edinburgh with man of the match Callum McLeod. Hit leg side. Can Budge get back? Get a move on, Budge. He does get a move on, and Callum McLeod gets his seventh ODI 100 and arguably his most important. Plenty of other cricket to talk about with Jimmy Anderson's shoulder injury ruling him out for the next six weeks. How will he cope with five tests against India in six weeks? We will be talking women's cricket and Australian cricket with ESPN Crick Info's Mel Farrell. And you're listening to Darren Goss Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. And with me as usual, as I said earlier on in the opener, is Johnny Norman. Hello, Johnny. Mate, I mean, how often in the history of the sport has cricket, Scottish cricket, been discussed as much in Russia? If ever. I mean, <laughs> well, it must have been crazy. Social media went into meltdown last night. I was having a lovely meal with my partner in crime on TalkSport Drive, Adrian Durham. And um, a couple of the, uh, the the shows, talks about drive show backup team, and it was all about cricket. Trying to enjoy a meal, and we're talking Scotland and England. Um, what does it mean? Uh, and Twitter and social media went into meltdown. But as I said, and I'll still say it now, 
uh, from the moment I put on Twitter. What does it matter? What does it matter? Scotland beat England, yippee. It's embarrassing, but well done, Scottish cricket. Well done. They've been getting better over the last 12 months. I thought they were unlucky not to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, things went against them, whether it be Duckworth, Lewis, or umpiring decisions. Mm, definitely. Yeah, but they should be in a World Cup full stop. But hey, hey, what does it matter? Well, it all matters about Wednesday uh, when England play Australia. Yeah, and uh, what a lot. Li- By the way, what a lifestyle you lead. I'm following you on Instagram and seeing pictures of you uh, sampling the the finest fare Russia and Talksport uh, can afford. Um, you're in. Uh, you're hopping all around, around the world, and you're back on Wednesday to be one of the uh, guests of honours at the Oval for that first ODI. So. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure you're not flying at the back of the plane as well. Um, mate, it, you're right, you know. it. It In isolation, it does not matter. England losing a game of ODI cricket. We know that England plays Scotland 100 times in Test cricket. They win 98 of them and two of them are drawn. They play Scotland in ODI cricket 100 times and they are going to lose 10 times, maybe 15 times, maybe 20 times. That is the way of the game. But there are failings within that English side, which, remember, we're all expecting to do very, very well in the World Cup. And the failings for me are the batting side, the batting team, cannot bail that side out every single time they play cricket. You know, we know how rich um, and varied and powerful and exciting that batting lineup is, even without Stokes and Butler in it. But the bowlers, and there was nobody carted yesterday, by the way, but the bowlers just seem to be lacking that X factor, that one bowler that can blast a tail away. I mean, we said this before, by the way, and yes, that pitch yesterday was very, very flat. But hey, this time next year, the ICC might decide that's the way to go. It's going to be 350 plays 350 all the way through. And England's bowlers don't look strong enough. Um, well, well, they didn't um, on yesterday's performance. Um, I thought Scotland played magnificent. I've seen some people saying the only reason England lost because it was flat pitch and it was short boundaries. I said, hang on a minute. I said, isn't that the same for both teams? <laughs> <laughs> it did make me chuckle. England chasing were in a wonderful position. Best or yeah, got England off to an absolute flyer. Absolutely a gem of an innings. But when you say the bowlers, the, the batsmen can't keep getting them out of jail, we had a collapse. We've seen it in Test cricket, and that's what I, I, I tweeted uh, last night, is but we've caught the Test disease. Yeah. We had a collapse of 5 for 56. You can't win any game if you have a collapse of 5 for 56 You're... in any game. But, but I, w- I will agree with you. I think one of the weaknesses we saw yesterday, when you're missing... People like Stokes, who's such a vital player for England. And I mean vital. He is everything to make us better. Especially if you're not going to play Sam Curran or Tom Curran in your starting eleven. Because what we lacked was that all-rounder in the middle. We played five bowlers yesterday. Only five bowlers when the opposition got 371. Just think about that for a moment. The opposition gets 371 for five and we only use five bowlers. I could not get my head around that. Uh, you are right as well when you say about England's uh, batting collapses. We will talk... Actually, no, we'll talk about batting collapses in a minute. Let's just hear what the captain, Owen Morgan, had to say about the bowling yesterday in Edinburgh. I think we were a little bit rusty. Um, we probably missed our lines a little bit. Um, 
But like I said, it's, it's our first time back. Uh, we only got together yesterday. It's, it's not an excuse. It's, it's the reality of things. Um, and getting into a high competitive game like today is not easy to do. So, like I said, I think we'll be, we'll be better for the run out today and hopefully be better again on Wednesday. Well, they weren't better for the run out of, uh, of Joe Root, that's for sure. And there were a few uh, slack dismissals amongst the batting. Uh, the bowlers, um, went, oh, David Willie searching for swing, as he does, uh, early doors, and it didn't pay off because there was none. Mark Woods, um, you know, both of these players um, went full at first, then dropped, pulled their lengths back. And that was exactly what Scotland wanted. They got off to a flyer with uh, Kurtzer and Cross putting on 100 for the first wicket. And even when those two went inside the space of three balls, Barrington hit 39, Muncie 55, and Callum McLeod, who uh, we'll speak to later, 140. And no matter how Morgan rotated his bowlers, and none of them, as I say, got carted, uh, none of them really looked particularly threatening either. Uh, And a score of 371 for five by Scotland against England, well, you've got to worry what a team like India or Australia with their full squad can do if uh, England are facing a similar flat track. Yeah, as I said to you, I said the variation, we had the five bowlers there. It was very set. Um, I'm, I, is, Root, is Root injured? Um, could have tried him for an over or two. Um, you've got to try and do something different. And, and like I said, when you, when you have... You've got to think this England team, and this is why I don't look too deep into that um, result uh, mm. yesterday. Yes, a, a great result for Scotland cricket, thoroughly deserved. It's embarrassing for England. Um, I don't think I ever lost against Scotland, whether I was playing for England or whether I was playing for Yorkshire or playing for Essex. Um, but at the end of it, we missing, we were missing Butler, Stokes and Wokes from our starting eleven. Now, what will be more embarrassing for for me when I look at it is going forward, we play Australia in this series after beating them 4-1, and they're going to be missing their five best players. Now, if we lose the series to Australia, now or then I would start asking questions on where we're at because only th- three months ago, England ranked, we are ranked number one in the world. Mm. We've gone all through all these series unbeaten. But then if we lose against Australia on the back of this result, then that's when you have to dissect what's, where, where are we going? Because then it would be a concern moving forward with the World Cup just around the corner. Uh, I said we're going to talk about the, uh, the batting collapses and um, I'm just having a look back at my scorecard, um, which I, I, I write every game I report on for TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Australia versus England, 7th of February in Hobart. England uh, lost 7 for 41. Uh, in March against New Zealand in Dunedin, they lost at five for 21. And yesterday they were 245. Well, they were 220 for two and they were bowled out in the end. So um, there is a concern, but let's not get carried away. What we can get carried away with, though, Goffing, and I think this is part of the reason why there are probably a lot of England fans wanting Scotland to win yesterday. I know you weren't one of them is that it just highlights the fact that, once again, cricket seems to be shooting itself in the foot. You know, you're in Russia this week, driver in Russia for the next month. The whole of TalkSport is going to be a very lonely place, TalkSport Towers, for the next five weeks or so, because we we have basically camped in Russia, about to watch the pinnacle of world sport. Not just football, world sport. Bigger than the Olympics. Bigger than anything. It's the Football World Cup. Now, what a FIFA attempting to do in four years' time. They're attempting to grow the game even more. And yes, there is a financial benefit to this. I'm not 
blinkered in my vision. And actually, I'm not sure it's the right decision either because the World Cup works as it is. Mm. But FIFA are looking to grow the game at exactly the same point that the money men who run cricket from a worldwide perspective are seeking to restrict other teams from entering the World Cup. Hopefully, and if not now, Goffey, this, this result for Scotland will provide the springboard, will provide the public backing to get teams like Scotland, like Ireland, at the World Cup. Instead of 10 teams, why not 16? You know, four groups of four, top two go through. Every game matters. You know, this is what we should be trying to do. And we've got to be talking about this on this show, on Drive Time, on every on every platform. Not just when England play the likes of Scotland and Ireland, but all the time. Because if we don't, then the future of our game is looking pretty bleak. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, some bloke again on social media last night expected me to be happy that England, he said all these players, named all these players from around the world, a few England players, saying now oh, we're brilliant for Scotland and everything, all that. Why would I be happy that Scotland beat England? I'm not happy at all. It was embarrassing. But well done, Scotland. I'll keep saying it. And they deserve to be at the World Cup. And I'm, I'm totally with you. We've got to globalise our sport. I think it's... Uh, absolutely a superb sport we have and the developing nations we've seen Bangladesh developing now can beat anybody in world cricket we've seen Afghanistan they've come into it in flying colours they've got two quality spinners possibly the best spinner in the world at the moment in one day cricket and Mm. T20 cricket we've seen Ireland develop Netherlands Scotland Zimbabwe coming back making a comeback the UAE under Dougie Brown uh, uh, making themselves noticeable now Hong Kong, Papua New Guinea, Nepal. Yes, we don't want them all there, but at least I think we're looking at realistic. Zimbabwe, Scotland, Netherlands and Ireland, the four strongest at this moment in time, should 100% be there. Because in the history of the World Cup, there's 14 victories have been by associates over the obviously the main uh, teams, um, and there's nine in the last four tournaments. And there's been a few near misses in that, Johnny. 2019 World Cup is going to have four fewer teams than in 2015. Yet it takes two days, two days <laughs> longer. Um, so if they're saying about cutting it down, it's ridiculous um, what they're trying to say. And we all remember Ireland chasing down 327 versus England 2011. These are moments World Cup people remember. 2007, Ireland and Bangladesh knocked out Pakistan and India in the group stages, by the way. Well, that was the problem, wasn't it? It all changed after that. Yes, and 2003, yes, Kenya got to the semi-finals. Yes, they had a little bit of help uh, along the way because I think the security concerns, didn't they, help them? They were given points for games where people forfeited the games, if you remember that one. Yeah. So... Listen, those sort of games, I played against uh, UAE in a World Cup. I played against uh, Holland, Netherlands in a World Cup. And they were great. You were scared to death playing against them because you knew if you lost, your hopes of getting to a semi-final or a final of a World Cup were gone. They were massive, massive games. And we should be playing those games. You tweeted something yesterday. I'd love to see it here. Not maybe at the bigger grounds. It could be a way of spreading cricket, a bit like football does uh, when it takes football away from Wembley. But why not? a tri-series every year. Why can't the ECB of all people with all their money and financial clout and power, why can't they help grow the game in Scotland and Ireland? I mean, they're not far away, are they? Every year in 
at, uh, get at uh, grounds like the Grange and Malahide and, and maybe Taunton, maybe even Chelmsford. England, Scotland, Ireland. A tri-series every summer at the beginning of the summer. It can be the start of the cricketing Spot international on. season. Johnny, you could even stick Wales in there. England player used to play a friendly. I played it against Wales. It's basically a lot of Glamorgan players. But it's still, I'll tell you what, they gave us some proper foot, uh, cricket matches down at uh, Sophia Gardens. Well, let's do they it. They were proper battles. Let's do it. Let's yeah. start it. Let's start it here. Here on Cricket Week. That's what you're listening to. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. Gives the last man Mark Wood out. It was full and straight. Great scenes. What a victory this is for Scotland. The greatest in their cricketing history. This being our first game of the year, really, it's been an outstanding performance. Look, 3-7-1 played 3-6-5. It's an outstanding game. The bowlers obviously found it hard. Flat wicket, uh, small boundaries. But, um, you know, it's great to be on this side of the fence. Unbelievable effort from the lads, I think. They've just proven again that we're capable of playing this standard and they did really well throughout the whole innings up top and then it was tough second half but we managed to pull things back and did the job so really I'm lost towards I don't know what to say. Wonderful scenes, crowd invasion, shirts are off, fall and straight, kept his nerve, England needed just a handful of runs. Sharif has delivered his only wicket, fabulous performance from Scotland. Well, Goffey wasn't happy yesterday. I can't say I was delighted, even though my gran hails from Glasgow. But a man uh, that no doubt enjoyed his day and his night, maybe not so much this morning, we'll find out, is, uh, <laughs> is Callum McLeod, who starred with the bats, 140 not out. The first Scotsman to score a century against England. Scotland's posting their highest ever ODI score and uh, for the first time, England went down by six runs to the old enemy, Callum McLeod. Uh, how's the head this morning? Uh, yeah, it's OK. Um, we obviously enjoyed last night and, and celebrated what was obviously a great day for us. Um, but, you know, we've got Pakistan in tomorrow, so we've got to, got to be ready for that. Absolutely. I mean, Callum, you've had a, you know, what a career you've had, you know, real ups and downs amongst it. But 140 not out against England, that's not bad for a guy that, I mean, started out as a bowler. Um, yeah, started out bowling. Um, quite rightly got banned because I threw it and then uh, had to <laughs> change my career path into, um, into becoming a batter. And yesterday was just... You know, what a day! And um, I think this Scotland team's been showing signs that we could we could do things like that. And we kind of kind of got that feeling that I was lucky enough it was me yesterday, but it, it probably could have just been anyone. Callum, but it, it was a great—I uh, mean, brilliant knock yesterday, by the way. But great to come Thank in. You. Obviously, the team got off to a great start. Cal Kurtz—he's been around a long, long time. And Crossy there got you off to a good start, and you come in, and the momentum was going. And as you said, listen, let's be st- straight about it: the future of cricket is going to be short boundaries and flat pitches, especially in one-day cricket and T20 cricket. And you cashed in, 
and cashed in properly against an experienced attack. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's been lost a little bit how well Kyle and Crossy started. Like you said, mm. the way they they set the tone, and it's it's one thing saying that you're going to play fearless cricket, like Kyle keeps saying to everyone, but to go out and and show that and lead from the front the way he did, um, I think I think you're absolutely right. That's the way it, the way the game's going, and the small boundaries, flat wickets. It, I think Safi showed the value of the Yorker at the end. That he's still on the flat wicket. If you can produce produce a good Yorker, then then you're still in the game. Music to my ears, mate, because <laughs> that's the one area where we're still lacking as a team. England, they've got everything. Although they didn't show it yesterday, uh, at, at moments we're still lacking that player who can bowl that in swing Yorker. And you're right, Sharif got it absolutely bob on. But I mean, what does it mean for Scotland? You saw the scenes at the end. The crowd, the noise, the atmosphere. What was it? Seven thousand people in uh, there yeah. at, uh, at the ground. But what an atmosphere! Yeah, I think I think that's it's something we've taken away from it. It wasn't wasn't just the the fifteen guys in the squad. Um, I think anyone watching that game would see the the, the passion there is for for cricket in Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we had the disappointment in the winter of not qualifying for the World Cup. Um, so to 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 play our first game this year, to get together as a team, and this be the first game we've played, and and manage to put on a performance like that, I think that's, I think it was just testament to where we are as a squad and and where cricket in Scotland's going. Callum, uh, myself and Goffey talking about yesterday's game just before you came on. Goffey of the opinion he was tweeting something last night actually that, you know, we need to do more. Um, as a country, the ECB need to do more. We need to play you guys more. Um, you know, as it stands, England play Scotland. You know, once every two years, that's not good enough. Um, we've the England only just started playing Ireland, um, yep. and Goffey came up with the idea of a tri series. Maybe actually, a, a four-team one-day series: England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales, home nations. The start of every summer. You know, I'm no doubt awesome. that's something you'd be interested in doing, but is when you, when we all know, we're all adults. We all know what matters in cricket. We can all talk about Scotland being given more opportunities alongside the other uh, nations like Afghanistan and Ireland um, and Nepal to get into the World Cup. But we know it's about money, um, and yeah. it's about India and Pakistan not getting through to the uh, the knockout stages in 2007. We know that isn't going to change. Certainly not in the short term. But before that changes, we need to get our own house in order. And that means the ECB have got to help you guys. Do you feel that the ECB have helped Scot- Scottish cricket and Irish cricket enough in the last few years? Could they do more? Oh, look, it's, I, th- I think everybody could do more. Um, a, a, a home series uh, competition like that would be would be absolutely brilliant. Um, not forgetting that you've got Holland just over the over the water as well. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's I think it's up to everybody in cricket to, to help each other out. Um, I I think days like yesterday, I'd, I think that's what people want to see. People want to see good games of cricket. It wasn't just a plucky underdog win. I think both teams play good cricket and it shows the standard there. So I think it is up to to everybody involved in cricket, not just the ECB, to to find a way of growing the game and getting the associates more cricket and, and more meaning, meaningfully 
cricket. Do you know? Do you know something, Carl? I, 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 I think Test cricket. I think to accept all the teams into Test cricket would be too big of ask at this moment in time. Ireland yeah. have come in; they had a decent first Test, but th- there is a difference there. But in ODI cricket, in T Twenty cricket, you've seen the way people play now, the techniques. You know, you've talked about Cal there having that no fear cricket. And I think so many of the nations around the world, Dougie Brown now working with UAE, he's got them playing field. Do you know what I mean? Just going yeah. out there and expressing themselves. And anybody can beat anyone now in the 50-over yeah. game. In the 2020 cricket, anybody can beat anybody. And you all belong there. Scotland 100% belong on the world stage playing in World Cup cricket. I've been uh, saying this now for the last two years. You're unlucky not to qualify. You played some wonderful cricket out in Zimbabwe. If it wasn't for Duckworth Lewis and a few umpiring decisions, you would have been there. And like you said, I mean, for you guys now, all you do, Scotland now, realistically, let's be honest about this, is just keep playing the other nations. So you'll play Holland or you'll play Ireland or you'll play Zimbabwe or you'll play UAE or Nepal. You've got to be playing against the world's best, haven't you? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have to be playing, but at the same time, we've we've got we've got to be doing the same. We've got to be playing the nations that are below us that aren't getting the cricket as well. So mm. it, it works two ways from us. Um, this is our only ODI this summer, which I think's unbelievable, really. So, um, it, and to take your point in Test match cricket, I agree with. I, pro- I actually agree with you. I think there has to be a bigger process to get into that and and that starts with ODI in 2020 cricket um, that's where Ireland and Afghanistan took a, a big step ahead of us mm. and and they built on their success in that and that will take, will take time for a nation like Scotland but it's certainly something that this organisation will aspire to in the, in the long run uh, Callum, we can't end on a downbeat note, though, but, um, you know, just to highlight a couple of the other performances in the team. I mean, I thought when you looked down those bowling statistics and, as I said earlier in the show, none of, none of the England bowlers were carted all over the place. Um, but there is one bowling statistic that really stands out, and that's Mark Watt, three for 55 in his 10 overs. On that pitch, That uh, I had to check, and it was almost certain that you were going to get man of the match. But actually, towards the end of that game, I was thinking, Oof, you could get pushed here. Yeah, well, I think on that sort of sort of ground, on that sort of wicket, for for a left-arm spinner, to who still a young, young guy, Mark, to, to show... The, uh, the character he showed in that sort of wicket against players who were coming hard at him, I think, I think that was, I think you're absolutely right. I think obviously, obviously, 140 will, will stand out, but if you're watching that game closely, the the, the way Mark bowled was was phenomenal, and it's probably more important than than the runs I scored. Well, I wouldn't go that far. 140, oh, not know. not out. But uh, look, mate, it was a it was a great team effort. Um, it was just one of those days, you know. Especially when the the fans ran on at the end, just to show that it's not yeah. just about beating England. It's about Scotland being good at cricket, and you certainly were yesterday. So congratulations, and well, let's hope that uh, this is a springboard to, to to being granted more than one one day international a year. Excellent. Brilliant stuff. Callum McLeod, well thanks done, for Callum. joining us. Brilliant stuff from him. Um, 
Goffey, you know, last week we were talking about what we're going to have on this week. And we were going to be talk- we said we'd talk uh, at depth about uh, the upcoming Australia ODIs. And much of the talk in the papers has been about England winning this series 5-0. Um, well, we will be talking about the Australian ODIs, but maybe we'll be taking it down a notch or two. Mel Farrell joins us very shortly here on Cricket Week on TalkSport. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. See Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. So from Scotland to Australia, most of the press, and uh, I have to say, even myself, was uh, brimming with confidence about uh, England's chances against Australia coming up this week and the next, uh, beating Australia in Australia 4-1. And of course, we know that uh, the side uh, in green and gold that have uh, arrived in this country are going to be without uh, the likes of Warner and Smith, the two best batsmen, and all the uh, fast bowlers that terrorise England's batsmen in the ashes over the winter. So what chance Australia, eh? Especially when they've got a new captain in Tim Payne, a new coach in Justin Langer and a game that has got no sledging. Uh, Let's hear from Tim Payne first, um, who says that actually uh, his side are going to continue to sledge their opponents. We want to be more respectful of the way we go about it, but um, we don't think we're going to change um, you know, the way we, get, we play in a really competitive spirit. thing that, that Justin's spoken about already um, has been the difference between abuse and banter. Um, so certainly we're not going to be silent out in the field, but um, you know, we're, going to be, we're going to be speaking. We're going to be trying to put pressure on, on opposition teams and opposition players as we normally do. Um, but as I said, there's, there's got to be a respectful element of it. Um, and we know what's right and we know what's wrong. So 
Um, it's pretty simple, but but certainly I'm, I'm sure you're going to hear us talking through the stump mic and 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 see us talking on the ground. But um, you know, it's up to, to me and, and Justin and our senior players to make sure that um, you know we stay on the side of, of banter and never go to abuse. And yeah, when I'm captain, that's and Justin's coach, it's not going to be accepted. Well, let's hear from the coach Justin Langer saying sledging is seen very differently in Australia. In Australia, sledging's actually a good word. Like, for example, if I play Uno with my daughter, there's lots of banter. We sort of sledge each other, but we don't abuse each other. And if I play golf with my mum and dad, we sort of sledge each other. We don't call it, or call it banter or sledging, whatever you want. So everyone talks about this word sledging, but there's a difference between banter and abuse. And abuse is no good. It doesn't matter if you're off the field or on the field. There's no room for abuse anywhere. But there's plenty of room for banter or what we call sledging you know it's just it's a fun part of the game and if you it's actually part of the game like I say playing with my daughter in year my twice she wants to beat me big time and I want to beat her back big time so we have a bit of banter or what we call sledging but that's okay that's all part of the game but when I never abuse her and if she abuses me she's probably that's trouble you know well, I hope that's cleared things up. Uh, Mel Farrell from ESPN Crick Info knows a thing or two about banter, sledging, abuse, whatever you want to uh, call it, because uh, she directs a lot of it to, towards uh, us. Uh, her fellow uh, comrades in the press box joins us. Um, Mel, first up, uh, this Australian team, is it even possible for an Australian cricket team to play in any other way than what we have seen them play throughout our lifetimes? it's possible anything possible um but i, I mean I, justin langer's still very much of that uh that era that type of team for which that was just pretty much the norm and uh, i mean it's just going to be re- quite fascinating to see how they they go about it because i, I think the public and the press are going to give them a lot less rope um how did they do that and keep their edge do do they need to i don't think you need to do that to have an edge in cricket but they've kind of been brought up to in a way I think to to think that is how you get your edge I mean I'm quite amazed and fascinated to hear Justin Langer talking about Uno like that I I played Uno when I was a kid and I can't even work out how you actually sledge in a game of cards in Uno what like oh oh you've only got reverse yellow then you know what a rubbish hand that how do you actually how do you actually sledge in, you know? Do you know something? I've, I've played against Justin Langer, and when he talks about um, being an hard opponent to play against, mm-hmm. he was he was the perfect man for that. He was very hard to play against. And I expect him to be like that as a coach. I expect Australia to be like that as a team. I'd be hugely disappointed. This soft edge they had to them um, after everything that happened in Cape Town with Tim Payne, shaking hands before the game and all that stuff. I want Australia to be Australia. I still want it to be a battle. I look forward to that battle between England and Australia. I don't want them shaking hands before the game. Maybe that won't happen every time. I I think they were just trying to work out, and Tim Payne was trying to work out, how to do something to repair a massive amount of damage that they'd done to their public image. And, I mean, it really was, it really was awful in Australia. It was like Australians being desperately ashamed of their own cricket team. I mean, no international sports person, I think, wants to make their country feel ashamed of them. And that was the sense that you got from it. I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think it has to be a soft edge to just basically have a bit of respect for your, 
for the opposition. And I think that's what people have felt that Australia had lost. They they weren't people felt showing any respect for the opposition. And and there is a difference between banter and abuse. Banter, by I think definition, goes both ways. It's a mutual thing, whereas abuse is is one way. And I don't, I, I think it's semantics to try and talk about difference between sledging and abuse. Mm. But uh, I, I think it was pretty widely felt that uh, you know you think about think about Dale Stane. He doesn't have to say a word to intimidate. He just has to have those scary eyes that basically send laser beams through the heart of anyone who's in the, in the road of his gaze. Um, there, there are people who can. Be, be intimidating and make the opposition uncomfortable without necessarily having a premeditated plan to stand around and just say lots of nice things. Uh, Mel, looking ahead to this ODI series, Australia widely written off uh, before the Scotland defeat by England, but still you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody tipping them to win the series. Uh, give us a bit of an idea about who some of these players are that are going to be making up the bowling attack, because you know even I was scratching my head a little about the pronunciation of Michael Nisa or Nasa um, when he was drafted in. Nisa when he was drafted in. So uh, give us a bit of an idea. There's two Richardsons, uh, not related. There's Nisa or Nasa. Um, There's Stanlake, who we will know because he's uh, about eight foot ten. Um, But give us an idea about what England are coming up against. Yeah, Billy Stan, well, I think Billy Stanlake is eight foot ten when he's sitting down. He's a massive bowler and he's done really well. He did so well in the Big Bash last year. I mean, Michael Nees has been around uh, for quite a while, playing for Queensland, very useful, very uh, effective bowler for Queensland. Um, he's not he's not as quick as... Uh, in fact, Stanley can be pretty quick, but I think most of the bowlers, there won't be the same pace that you will have expected from um, the likes of Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark. I mean, Kane Richardson's been around for quite a while as well and sort of on the fringes of the of the T20. I think he's played a couple of T20s uh, and done also very well in the... Um, in the in the big bash, so a lot of the, these players have been kind of on the fringes uh, of the Australian certainly short form uh, team, but they've just been kept out by those guys. They've also obviously got the the pretty useful Marcus Stoinis in there as well uh, as an all rounder, and and he's actually been batting really well. So uh, no, you, you're probably going to see slightly less pace. Um, but I still imagine you see a, a fair amount of aggression from the bowlers who are coming in. Do you know when I look at this team, though, I think it's not a bad thing for Australia to be missing possibly your five uh, best players. Because when we talk about peaking early, I think England have actually have peaked uh, to their probable, probable start at 11. With Australia now, they've got the opportunity to look at this new squad they've brought over. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm impressed by the squad. I think there's some very talented uh, players within there. I mean, Darcy Short, for one, I think is a fantastic player. Travis said had a disappointing uh, series against England last time out, but I think he's a good player. You've obviously got Lynn uh, to come back in when he gets his fitness back. I think he actually uh, it could be a good tour this for Australia. Well, the thing is that they've got nothing to lose, these players. Mm. Uh, you've got a, a young team. They've been given a chance. And I, I think what they'll be looking for is, is the players who really grab it. Uh, it a lot, most people don't expect them to win this series. Uh, a lot of people have been calling them, you know, basically a, a second-string Australian team. So when, when expectations are like that, that, 
the, the Australian team has been at rock bottom now. They've, you know, it, they've been through the worst few months and Australian cricket has seen in, in many years, if ever. So they've almost got, I think, a, a clean slate. When expectations are that low, they've got a really good opportunity to actually uh, show what they can do and, and make it hard for those other players to come back in or at least know that they've given themselves a shot at being in the squad. And you're right, those players like Darcy Short and Travis Head are super talented. And But what interests me is that Glenn Maxwell hasn't actually um, batted that well yet. And for Glenn Maxwell, I think this is a huge tour. He's, he's got a real opportunity here to really force his way into massive contention ahead of that World Cup next year. Uh, everyone knows he's a freakish talent. If he can just translate that into the match-winning performances that we know he's capable of, that just could be what maybe lifts Glenn Maxwell's career to the, to the next level that so many people have been waiting for it to go to for a long time. Yeah, another least Ricky Ponting at the Delhi Daredevils where Glenn had mm. a, a truly awful Indian Premier League season. Uh, Mel, uh, you're an all-rounder of some repute. I know that you're also covering <laughs> the women's game at the weekend. I was watching some of that South Africa-England match where... Uh, you know, England was steamrolled early and, uh, and were never really in contention. Brilliant piece of glovesmanship behind uh, the stumps by Sarah Taylor um, doing the rounds on social media. But, you know, the narrative of English uh, or other women's cricket since the World Cup has really just moved on that extra notch, hasn't it? Because we all know the story about England winning. Uh, but South Africa, you know, we saw the scenes of devastation when they were knocked out uh, at the semi-final stage by England. And whilst England seemed to want to move on from the World Cup, South Africa using the disappointment, but also the belief they now have um, to get off to a really good start in this uh, three-match one-day series. Yeah, and, and England have got a real fight on their hands. It, it's a really good South African side. Their bowling attack is... It, it, it's possibly, certainly equal, I think, to any bowling attack in the world. They've got some really uh, smart bowlers. The seam movement that they were getting in Worcester, there was one ball in particular from Kaka that got Tammy Beaumont out that just jagged back in off the seam. It was a really good ball, and they were sort of doing that all day. And they were. They, they, I spoke to Dane Van Kirk, the captain beforehand, and she was uh, very motivated, I think, by that, that loss. They've shown that they can... They can bring it. Lazelle Lee's innings was fantastic, very mature. She's usually a bit of a bosher, but she uh, played a very mature innings uh, there to, to sort of get, get South Africa home. And remember, this has happened yesterday as well. Bangladesh women beat India in the final of the Asia Cup. So it was, I think Bangladesh were ranked 13, beating the number one ranked side in that format. So I think it's a really positive sign about the women's game becoming more competitive. Uh, And uh, this summer, I mean, there's a tri-series after this. New Zealand will be here as well. England have got a pretty tough summer ahead. And I think with those extra expectations on them being the world champions. Uh, brilliant stuff, Mel. Um, We'll speak to you and I'll see you you Wednesday at the Oval. In fact, all three of us will be there, Goffey. Yeah, we will. Fantastic. Brilliant. I look forward to seeing you there, but I just, um, in the name of good-natured banter, I expect you to call me uh, Melinda McFarrell the whole day. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. See, that's the difference. That's banter. 
not sledging. <laughs> uh, Mel Farrell, thank you very much. Um, and just uh, very briefly, Goffey, you know, continuing the theme of women's cricket, brilliant uh, video doing the rounds on social media as well um, of the Bangladeshi men's team celebrating, watching the final stages of that Asia Cup win by the mm. women over India. That's well worth a look. Um, and also, you know, there's often been a feeling that one day a team will score 500 in an ODI. New Zealand came within 10 of that posting 490 against Ireland. So uh, that was pretty remarkable as well. Uh, you're listening to Talk Sport 2, and this is Darren Goff's Cricket Week. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. Well, it's been uh, quite a week of cricket, Goffey. We've talked about Scotland, England. We've talked about uh, England, Australia. We talked about the women's cricket, but uh, plenty of other um, things going on. Where shall we start? Uh, we've only got to about uh, eight or nine minutes, so we're going to have to cram it in. Well, let's start with the Royal London Cup because that's uh, been an interesting uh, qualification period in the North Group and the South Group. I thought it was very, very competitive. A few surprises. I thought Warwickshire uh, would have um, been strong there. They just scraped in there, didn't they, um, right at the end. Lancashire failing to get into the quarterfinals. And in the South Group, Surrey missing out. Can you believe a team like Surrey and Sussex Sharks not qualifying for the next day. So as we're looking, Johnny, uh, it's not Outlaws will play Kent Spitfires. Essex Eagles versus the Yorkshire Vikings. That's a game where I'd be perfect to commentate on having <laughs> represented both those Mate, you'll be teams. Mate, per- you'll be perfect at any any game. Yeah. Let's be honest. Worcestershire Rapids versus Somerset, which I think is an unbelievable game, by the way. Worcester in one-day cricket are an excellent side. And Hampshire versus Warwick. Uh, so some good games coming up. I tell you what, mate, we've got an apology to make as well because, you know, in the past, we've had a bit of the golden touch to players that have been on the show. Remember Sam Curran? He appeared on the show and then he, he's playing test cricket for England within uh, three months or so. Um, we've uh, spoken to uh, to Gary Wilson at Ireland and uh, then he went and did good things for Ireland and played test cricket. Uh, but we had Tom Kohler cadmore on last week uh, talking about the massive game, the Roses Clash, which Yorkshire won. Absolute thriller, actually. Uh, and uh, Cola Cadmore, who's been in ridiculous ODI form, or, or rather uh, 50 overs form, uh, he was out for a duck. So uh, apologies for that, Tom. But uh, and in terms of Surrey, do you know what? After losing three finals on the bounce, I'm actually quite relieved we haven't got through. Well, it looks like they're going to be concentrating on championship cricket because they're doing pretty well um, in that form of the game. But it's still a shock. You, know, you expect Surrey with the for players sure. they've got to be up there at least in the quarterfinals. Um, as far as football's concerned, if that was a football team, if that was England football team not getting to the quarters, we'd be absolutely slaughtering them. And Surrey <laughs> yeah, are a team true. who should be finishing the top four of the Southern group. Um, absolutely. Out. Yeah. You are right. Uh, county cricket-wise, can I just say, Rory Burns, if he continues his form, he is going to be mentioned in dispatches. He's got some funny trigger movements. I'm not sure if you've seen him play live, Goffey. Um, but uh, if he could play any team in world cricket, mm. it's got to be Hampshire. Another 100 yesterday. He's scored two of them against them last season. He scored one against them earlier in the season. He's averaging Bradman-type averages against uh, Hampshire. Uh, but congratulations to him. Um, but yeah, it's been some all-round uh, good performances in the county championship, which has suddenly come back again. Kind of caught me by surprise, actually. And it's good time for it to come back because the pitches are better. 
have you noticed with some of the scores we're now seeing in county cricket? Yeah. That's what county cricket is about. It's coming off the back of the Royal London Cup on some belted pitches. The county championship now is being played on some belting pitches and it will bring out the best performers. And what we've seen this week so far, obviously games are ongoing. We got Rory Burns, a wonderful hundred for Surrey. Renshaw in his great form, Blimey, the Aussie overseas player for Somerset, another hundred. Dixon and Denley for Kent, fantastic hundreds. And Denley's been in fine form, by the way, now for the last eighteen months. And on the bowling front, we've got five for Dwayne Oliver. I think that might possibly be his first five for. You got Poison, the leggy from Glamorgan, five for. Ricky Clark. Does hey, he ever get? Does hey. he ever age, Ricky? Do you know, another five four. Do you know and what? Fidel Edwards is still knocking well, does, him over, and Zach Chapel. Well, Fidel Edwards, by the way, at least Ricky Clark looks his age. Fidel Edwards still looks like he's twenty-two. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> hey, he's um, a great guy, Fidel. He's so quiet, and he always comes across as so relaxed and that. But he loves cricket, mate. Oh, he mate. loves it. I played with him in um, in Dubai in that T Twenty league. I promise you. What a nice guy. Really? Lovely oh, well, guy. I've got really good memories of Fidel Edwards. Funny ones, actually, because I was out in the West Indies with my family. I was reporting on the uh, series West Indies England, um, which uh, we'll be doing again, won't we, uh, at the start of next year, exclusively live on TalkSport, TalkSport 2. Anyway, it was that game. Remember the game was abandoned at the wreck, uh, abandoned at the Sevier Richards Stadium after England being bowled out for 51 in Jamaica. So England 1-0 down, and we're playing at the wreck, uh, and uh, Fidel Edwards was last man in, and uh, West Indies battling to save the game, batted out. Anyway, Fidel was uh, had to go into bat. I have never seen a man walk slower to the crease than Fidel Edwards, uh, but it worked. They uh, they batted out, saved the game. Um, bit of injury news. Um, Mason Crane, who was uh, of course injured ahead of the Lions. Tour to the West Indies. Uh, they thought they picked up a stress fracture, uh, and so he was uh, he was re- removed from the uh, withdrawn from the Lions squad. Well, it looks like it's flared up again, so that's not good news. And also, Jimmy Anderson ruled out for the next six weeks because of an arm injury. Um, should we be concerned that he's not going to be able to get through five tests against India in the same amount of time later this uh, summer? I think we've just got to accept with Jimmy Anderson, but he's getting on now. And this is one of the reasons we keep talking about. Is it's not that he's not good enough anymore. At some point, we've got to have a look at someone else because we still have got no answers to who's going to replace Broad and Anderson with the new ball. We're giving guys opportunities, first change, second change, but nobody's had a go with the new ball. Now, he's going to have six weeks off. We've seen Jimmy. He's one of those guys who can just come back and play straight away. I don't think he's... I was very similar uh, myself. Andy Caddick was totally opposite. But... It, it is a concern now because this has been going on for about 14, 15 months, this shoulder injury. Um, I'd like to see him have proper rest and rehab, but I just hope it doesn't become a PR exercise where he's going around doing lots of radio and TV work. If he's doing rehab, he's doing rehab. Mm. Um, and he's, he's not playing for Lancashire show. So let's see how that progresses because we need him in our team. He is our best bowler. He's still performed over the last 18 months. I think he averages about 21, which is pretty decent. Um in world cricket, if it, if you ask me, but that's the way cricket's going now. Guys are just playing for England, and uh, that's Jimmy's job now. Very not playing for his, not playing for Lancashire, is it? Very quickly, Goff, the Lions uh, tours announced as well. Mark Ramprakash to lead them, um, and some some good names in there actually, including Stephen Mullaney, another player who was uh, on uh, Talksport Two 
uh, cricket coverage. Mm. He is, uh, I mean, not so been a bit here, there and everywhere, but uh, certainly uh, he's impressed me at least and uh, with his batting at the top of the order and he's uh, got a call up to the Lions. Yeah, so, so, some interesting um, selections there. I think the the Mullaney one might surprise a few, but I'll tell you what, I think he deserves it. The way he's played for Notts, in, especially in uh, one-day cricket, I think he deserves a shot of it. He's captain um, as well. Sam Hayne, very excited about him. Um, we've seen him play for Warwickshire. He's a fantastic player. You talked about Cadmore, Kola Cadmore. I think at Worcestershire Rapids, he was a fantastic player. Came back to Yorkshire where he played youth cricket. He's not cemented a place in the longer form of the game yet, but in one day cricket he's been superb. Um, and Matthew Fisher, I think it's a, a big shout uh, to, to put him into the squad, but good luck to him. A very talented uh, bowler. Reese Topley gets a recall. I think ECB uh, rate him very highly, so I think they're trying to fast-track him back into contention, aren't they? They like the fact he's tall um, and he bowls left arm. Uh, brings into it, and they've always been big fans of uh, Tom Elms, so it'll be interesting to see how they go on against India A and West Indies A. Brilliant stuff, uh, Goffey. I'll see you at the Oval from St Petersburg to the Kennington Oval. Sorry, <laughs> Kia Oval. Uh, in uh, in the space of a couple of days. Uh, thanks for your time. Really looking forward to hearing Drive throughout this week as well. But coming up here on the show, with Goffey away, uh, we've got a treat for you because we recorded a sit-down interview with the former England all-rounder, Derek Pringle, and that is coming up here next on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.